the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. This week we have a very special guest joining us, the International Maritime Organization Secretary General, Mr. Kitak Lim. You had a fairly momentous year here at the IMO last year. Um, We've agreed as an industry now some very aspirational and ambitious targets towards greenhouse gas reduction. You yourself have uh, secured your second term as IMO Secretary General. We have the immediate concerns of 2020 approaching. We have a a bit of a, a regulatory bottleneck, I think, approaching the industry, but we also have a lot of challenges to get through. Could you give us a view of your your top three priorities for your next few years here as Secretary General? Yeah, as a matter of fact, even though we have made good progress with regard to the GHG policy, but we, based on that, you know, inertial strategy adopted last year, but we have to make a good, real, substantial progress adopting some short or mid-term, long-term measure which we are aiming to uh, finalize, revise the one by 2023. Mm-hmm. That is uh, one of the uh, important uh, policies. Second one is, uh, of course, uh, we have to look up the very closely safety of shipping. Now, when it comes to safety of shipping, you know, we have to uh, handle properly existing safety policy. But on top of that, we are handling autonomous ship issues, which involving a lot of technology a lot of human element issues. So we are going to incorporate all aspects of safety policies in developing. And at the same time, I would uh, like uh, emphasize importance of a human element because technology is very you know, rapidly developing. So we should look up very carefully the proper you know, maintenance of the qualification of a seafarers or a seafarers morale. Mm-hmm. So that you know uh, we can ensure safety of navigation in uh, any part of the world. And the third one I would uh, uh, mention like digitalization and cybersecurity. Digitalization relevant to the authorship as well and the e-navigation and the facilitation of a shipping. At the same time, we have to carefully take into consideration the importance of cybersecurity. Cybersecurity concern it can be growing. So uh, we can uh, put our lot of effort in taking care of the cybersecurity together with the current security issues like uh, piracy issues. So we have to handle uh, piracy issues very properly, not only Gulf of Aden, but also Western side of African countries. That is general uh, main area of my priority for future few years. You've mentioned there environment, shipping safety, the human element, and uh, some changing technology. That's the bread and butter of what the IMO has always done for the last 60, 70 years. What is changing, though, is the, the, the pace and speed at which the IMO is having to deal with these issues. And you and I have spoken you know, many times at length over the nature of the IMO and the fact that it is you know, generally nothing more than the will of its member state governments. And you are in many ways reacting to the demands of, of the governments and the industry to which you serve. But it feels to me that things are changing. Let's just take environment as a, as a prime example. We mentioned at the outset the uh, the target set this year for 2050. Now, you've said you know, this is going to be split up into a, a very structured roadmap, short-term, medium, and longer-term goals. You've got an immediate work list ahead of you. There is a structure now to get there, but do you think that the underlying politics of environmental policy 
has changed enough for you to feel confident that these very aspirational targets are indeed realistic, given the uh, hurdles that we, we still face as an industry to get to those targets? Actually, uh, in the past, there was a projection about the possible hurdle of strikers until the IMO the make good progress or adopt a certain policy. However, based on the good uh, you know, culture at the IMO in terms of collaboration and cooperation, but the member states, the developed country, advanced country and developed country, eventually succeeded to overcome the difficulties based on informal, formal discussion and also uh, the among member states with the industry and uh, between the member states and the regional bodies. So based on all effort and the patience, those uh, hurdles, you know, obstacle has been overcome. So having said that, we turned a certain corner to achieve a certain progress. That's why if I look at uh, the, uh, the future you know, for a few years with a certain time plan, I'm confident you know, I'm a member state can make a good progress because already turned the difficult you know, point mm. so we can make a progress. Even there will be some challenges, difficulties, but definitely they will be handled very properly based on the discussion and the consultation among member states. And also, you know, industry has been, I believe, has been working very positively to contribute and to accept this development. So there is a good collaboration, member state, advanced, developed country, and member state with the industry, the IGO, NGOs. There has a good collaboration that I believe that is a very sound healthy platform for our future progress. Collaboration has very much been your watchword as, as Secretary General. And do you think that's changed significantly in terms of how industry and regulators, the IMO and uh, the, the governments are actually working? Because that is really going to be fundamental to the success of these aspirational targets. It's not a question of targets being set or even regulations being uh, implemented without collaboration with industry, both in terms of the R&D required to actually achieve the technology, but more generally in terms of finding efficiencies uh, in terms of how trade is constructed. This is not an, an argument or a conversation that can happen alone just within the IMO's walls. This is something that has to happen collaboratively across the industry. Do you think that the, the conversation has changed sufficiently to have that conversation now? I believe, as I mentioned, you know, uh, always, you know, uh, the, uh, should be proper development of uh, communication or a strategy in terms of a collaboration, the cooperation among different stakeholders. But uh, as I mentioned, the IMO has been uh, enjoying a lot of, uh, you know, the positive culture in terms of cooperation. That has been uh, fundamental. But on top of that, when it comes to this kind of a challenge, like uh, climate change issues, we needed more dialogue, more collaboration. But that is what I believe has been very successful so far. So that's why, you know, with that certain, you know, our roadmap or our time plan, I think we can make definitely good progress. And also that kind of the cooperative sentiment will continue to be fundamental basis for our future dialogue. And what would you say to you know, our listeners who are largely industry-based, who are worried about the financial burden of this transition, not just in terms of 
the 2050 targets, but the immediate 2020 targets that we are all uh, currently working towards. We're still working through the financial implications of things like ballast water management systems and regulations still in the pipeline yet to come. These are all effectively financial burdens on the industry. What do you say to the industry members who are struggling to keep up with this pace of change? Actually, uh, to some extent, you know, I, you know, uh, as an expert mentioned, you know, even though there is some uh, difference of the uh, like uh, burden to the individual uh, shipping company. However, you know, uh, as I mentioned, those challenges like climate change issues or low surface issues is not something uh, we can uh, avoid. We have to adapt to the certain challenges positively. That's why at the same time, as I mentioned, there are some, you know, to some extent, the level of burden, financial burden, different to the, the subject to the company. But luckily, the shipping industry, based on, uh, you know, uh, the good discussion, a lot of debate and the dialogue with the member state or uh, relevant stakeholders, they have a lot of effort to observe that kind of a burden. So uh, as you mentioned, that can be working in terms of some uh, change of a culture for the sustainable development of maritime industry shipping. So uh, I believe you know, that the sentiment will continue despite some of the challenges, including some financial difficulties. Let's shift the attention a little bit towards safety. Safety has always been the priority of the uh, the IMO, but I think it's fair to say in recent years, the environmental agenda has certainly topped it in terms of the headlines it's created and, and a large share of the work that's coming out of uh, many of the committees, not just the MEPC, the Marine Environmental Protection Committee. Do you think safety is still the priority of the IMO compared to, to environment, or has environment now overtaken it in terms of the agenda? Oh, all the time, safety policy is a prime function of IMO. So when it comes, if you secure safety of navigation, in many cases, we can prevent like unnecessary negative pollution incident. Likewise, at the same time, safety issues should involve a human element. We have to take care of the, uh, you know, uh, the uh, working condition, moral qualification, seafarers. At the same time, we have to take care of the safety of uh, many uh, number of uh, passengers on the large you know, uh, passenger ship. So there is a very important humanitarian aspect respect to safety. So safety is always the main prime function of the organization. But at the same time, we have to handle emerging environment issues, which is an immediate you know, uh, challenge to the IMO, but that is uh, being handled very properly so far, luckily thanks to the good cooperation with all the stakeholders. I rather suspect you might say something along those lines, which is why uh, I respectively must uh, raise the issue of casualty investigations while I have you here. And Lois List spent a good part of last year looking into the amount of casualty investigations that are being produced by member states. Now, the requirements of the IMO require uh, member states to investigate serious casualties. And uh, to be fair, many of them do, but many of them don't. And the requirement to file them on the IMO's own database is not being followed by many. What do you say to those waiting to see the outcome of these investigations, which of course are being done with a view to lessons being learnt and, and the same mistakes not being made in the future? 
When it comes to the uh, safety policy, the investigation report is a, a crucial part of uh, relevant information. And at the IMO, we have a mechanism system so we can receive investigative report and also a certain level of uh, the effort to encourage member states to do so. But always there is some room, you know, we can improve. So uh, the investigation, particularly into serious accident, is a very crucial part information. That's why we are going to uh, the improve the current situation so that uh, more investigation can be reported for future uh, maritime safety policy. But uh, coincidentally, uh, the, uh, myself, uh, my uh, last position was uh, the head of the uh, Maritime Safety Tribunal, including safety and some, something like uh, decision-making process. Mm -hmm. So uh, based on that one, I see the great value of uh, casual investigation for the future policy issues. So definitely together with, I believe all member states will put more you know, attention to that area. Definitely will be uh, visible progress in the future. And, and something we can press you to personally take up as an issue with the member states? Oh, yes, I will have a more the more the uh, amicable dialogue with the member states for that purpose. Wonderful. Secretary General, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you very much for this interview. Thank you.